The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. As more than a million Ukrainians seek safety in countries bordering their own, the United States is helping more than 76,000 Afghan refugees to resettle here. Angie Miles from VPM News tells us that in Virginia the help has been plentiful, but the needs are still great. Since last August, Virginia has resettled more than 5,000 refugees from Afghanistan. That's more than any state except Texas and California. Aid workers have been helping the newcomers with housing, clothing, food, and finding jobs, and in some cases, trying to secure passage for loved ones who haven't yet made it out. Khyber is an Afghan who is resettling here. We're using a pseudonym to protect his identity. Khyber left Kabul during the height of chaos at Karzai Airport in August. We need their help now. He says he's grateful for Americans' kindness, but also has a dire concern about what is still happening in his homeland. So I am feeling very sad for, for those who are still in danger in Afghanistan, and I'm calling on the United States and the international community to, to help them. He references the poverty and the Taliban's targeted killings of those who were closely allied with the United States, as he asks the U.S. to do more. Angie Miles, VPM News. Governor Glenn Youngkin says Virginia may see an uptick in defense spending, a major piece of the state's economy. Ben Pavier reports on a state program that provides subsidies and business advice to those firms. Simis is a defense firm in Hampton Roads. Their products include a robot designed to train law enforcement in de-escalation techniques. Last year, the company attended trade shows in Australia, New Zealand, and Colombia. Julian Baena is the company's director of business development. We don't know how to do business in Colombia. Uh, we may not understand the cultural, the cultural and business nuances of doing business in Colombia. That's where Virginia's global defense program comes in. It helps defense contractors come up with plans to increase their exports, provides market research, and helps pay for trade missions. It costs around $670,000 a year. Kim Bobo with the Virginia Interfaith Center questions whether that's money well spent. It's just really hard to imagine that this is the best use in terms of helping businesses. The program is part of a broader effort to boost Virginia's exports, which lag behind other states its size. Ben Pavier, VPM News. Advocates and local officials are concerned about the effects eliminating the state's grocery tax may have on northern Virginia roadways. Governor Glenn Youngkin promised on the campaign trail to repeal the 1.5 percent tax on food and hygiene products. The plan is backed by Republicans and Democrats, including former Governor Ralph Northam. But according to The Washington Post, some elected officials say getting rid of the tax could mean communities will have significantly less money for road improvement projects. Lawmakers are still working on the state budget, which includes the repeal. They have until this weekend to finalize a plan. Legislation aimed at undoing recent admissions changes at governor's schools in Virginia will soon be considered by the full state Senate, but with significant updates. A prior draft of the bill tried to ban geographic-based admissions practices. 
That language has since been taken out. Now, the bill just states governor's schools can't discriminate based on race, sex, ethnicity, or national origin. Senator Chap Peterson suggested the change. And I'm going to let the courts kind of work out what that means, and they're doing that right now. A federal judge recently ruled that changes to the admissions policy at a Northern Virginia governor's school discriminated against Asian American students. But as Megan Pauley reports, many legal groups say this judge got it wrong and anticipate legal challenges. Michelle Turnage Young is senior counsel for the NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund. Her organization is one of several that filed a joint legal brief in support of admissions changes at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. She says the judge's ruling upholds a long-standing status quo. What you have here is the judge using the Equal Protection Clause to prevent school districts from removing known barriers to equal opportunity. For example, the Fairfax County School Board eliminated a financial barrier by getting rid of the $100 application fee. The number of low-income students admitted to the school increased significantly. And while Young and other experts point out that U.S. Supreme Court precedent is not in line with this decision, they worry about the chilling effect this court case could have on school districts across the country. Megan Pauley, VPM News. The Fairfax County School Board told VPM News that it's considering all avenues to appeal the decision. Out of nearly 260 private wells tested in Henrico County, only two have high levels of dangerous chemicals known as PFAS. The county first became aware of issues with water connected to the White Oak Swamp Creek last October. But according to an investigation by the Henrico Citizen, federal officials knew about the problem four years earlier. The recent testing found 28 wells had some chemicals, but about 230 had none. Henrico County is working with residents to continue testing and to install treatment systems. It wasn't long ago that Norfolk's Lafayette River was written off as dead, but restored oyster populations have exploded in the past couple of years and brought the waterway life back. Ryan Murphy from partner station WHRO reports. Along the shore of the Lafayette River, between the Collie Avenue and Grammy Street bridges, there's a reef. The base is fist-sized chunks of concrete, but on top of that, thousands of gray shells stick out of the water at low tide. Oysters have come back to the Lafayette in numbers not seen since the early 1900s when watermen used to harvest them. The Norfolk oyster was sent to New York City as the premier oyster canned in downtown Norfolk. That's Joe Rieger from the Elizabeth River Project. He says authorities closed the river in the mid-1930s due to high levels of pollution and bacteria from sewage running into the water. This river at one time had one of the worst water quality parameters in Chesapeake Bay and we're seeing improvements in that. The Elizabeth River Project, along with the Chesapeake Bay Foundation and other groups, have been laying down reefs and seeding oysters out here for more than a decade. Now, 80 acres of reefs bear millions and millions of oysters. A single oyster can filter 50 gallons of water a day. That means a much cleaner river, which attracts more marine wildlife, everything from crabs to seahorses to stingrays. That was Ryan Murphy reporting. The Richmond photographer who captured nearly every historic event in Virginia for over 50 years will be retiring later this month. Bob Brown, with the Richmond Times-Dispatch, is usually seen running around the state capitol in a suit and with multiple cameras around his neck. He always has a smile to greet everyone passing by, lawmakers and residents alike. At 84 years old, his editors say Brown is still as spry as he was decades ago. But Brown said, quote, It's been a good ride, but now I think it's time to get off the horse and put it out to pasture. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. 
some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. VPM. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.